I had a nap today. Okay, well done. It was really nice. And I woke up and I was just like, good nap. Like, good one, Limpy. You fucking, you sorted that nap right out. Yeah, that nap right out. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you were dressed. Because sometimes you wake up from a nap and you're just like, oh, I wish I was dead. Yeah. And then other times you wake up for a nap and you're just like, tick. Tick. Like, like you smile and there's like a, like a glint like it's like the ting <laughs> it totally yeah. you address the needs of your body yeah i did i was saying it's like oh, i'm not going to talk about that i feel like we've already started we have started oh we're starting okay hello yeah. hi wait are we recording yeah <gasps> ah wait okay uh yeah do the thing hi i'm losing gloop and i am olympia bukakis <laughs> and you're listening to our podcast slurry slurry you know, a lot of people probably don't know what slurry is. Yeah, but that's because they're ignorant. Yeah, fucking <laughs> ignorant. Ignorant pig dog trolls. Do you know what's worse? What? They get to vote. Well, actually I feel like a lot of a lot of our a lot of our like um a lot of our listeners yeah. are probably migrants who <sighs> don't actually get to vote. I don't get to vote yeah. in my home country in my current country, in my new country. Oh yeah, my new country. Do you like my new country? Do you like it's my- Germany. <laughs> it's a little uptight, but <laughs> it makes a great manicure. Um, yeah. The thing is, though, is that I was like, uh, I was watching um, something, and there were these people talking about it. They're like, oh my god, like they were talking about how many times they moved, and they were like, oh my god. Uh, in fact, it was a fucking uh, uh, the fucking um, Trixie and Katia thing on YouTube. And was... Trixie and Katya? Katya. Katya. Yeah, Katya. Um, they were like talking about moving and they were like, I've moved, yeah, I've moved like 10 times. And I'm just like, fuck you. There was one time I moved 21 times in seven years. What? Yeah, I think that you shouldn't be allowed to vote if you've moved more, if you've moved less than 20 times. I think I've moved less than 20 times. Bullshit. Like, what? Like, seriously in Berlin? I've moved like 30 or 30 Uh, times. I've been actually quite lucky with, uh, I never really did that, like hopping from sublet to sublet thing for any great length of time. Oh my God. Because you just like found your, your palatial fourth floor with its south facing windows immediately. I did find it by accident. Yeah. Well, I moved (laughs) in, I moved in with someone and then they moved out and then I kept it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, just like, yeah. <laughs> sort of like, you know how like you like, you know, you wear someone's t-shirt home from a party and then it's just yours? Yeah, I, I, I don't really do that. <laughs> <laughs> I never really did that. I mean, I don't, I, like, it's, it's very rare that I would be at some sort of like after hour. I don't really do these anymore, but like, it, I would be at some sort of after hour and then uh, like from all of the people around, I'd be like, oh yeah, I want, I want that person's clothes. <laughs> I was like, I want to take that t-shirt off that garbage person. (laughs) Okay, you know when, like, I've stayed at yours before and I've needed a t-shirt to go home in? Yeah. And I've ended up just kind of keeping it? I think I give you uh, shirts that I know won't come back. Yeah, well, basically, that's what this person did with this flat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's, maybe that's true. So, slurry, uh, it translates, I translated it into German. Uh, because okay. some of our listeners are Germans. Um, and, wow. Uh, yeah, wow. Wow. Well, they can uh, vote. Yeah, they can vote. So yeah. they deserve this education. <laughs> On sl- what slurry is. It translates as gula, which means manure. Gula. Uh, yeah, because gula. Uh, a, a, a slurry gula. Is, uh, is a mix of uh, insoluble particles in yeah. a liquid. And yeah. so one of the things that that is, is manure. Yeah. Um, but you can have like industrial slurry. Like slurry is, like sounds very industrial to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like another another industrial term that I like that is reappropriated is the term slag. Slag. Yeah. Because okay, that's melted metal, right? It's like the, yeah. So when you like, it's the, the you're producing iron and then there's the excess yeah. of some kind and that's a slag. And then also this obviously means like someone who is a, another word for a slut is a slag. And it also means it's a kind of spit. Do you call, is that is that in Australian English slag is spit? What really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, my slag. I'm yeah, in slag. I, I slagged on him. I slagged on him. Oh, you whoa. know, spit disgusts me so much. I can't handle it. Yeah, it's spit. I mean, also one time, first time I had sex with someone, and he sp- I just moved to Berlin, oh. and he spat in my oh, mouth. No. Oh no! I was oh, kind no. actually like I was actually I was like. <laughs> Woof! <laughs> I was so surprised, and then I was like, "Fine with it." And also in uh, 
Wap, uh, Cardi B says, yep. spit in my mouth, look in my eyes. And like the, the way that, the way that she like describes like, like good yep. sex sounds like, I, it sounds like she's like, very embodied and present. Yeah, like, she's an embodied present faggot. I love her. No, she's completely great. I think the most shocking thing about wet ass pussy in terms of, or the only thing that's remotely indecent is the fact that when they're listing luxury items uh, to sort of like expose like the value of this pussy, one of them is pay my college tuition. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> pay my uh, tuition just to kiss me on this wet ass pussy. Yeah, I'm a bit yeah. like, you should just get this. I actually... You should just... <laughs> Even if you have a dry pussy, even if your pussy is dry, you deserve an education. But you know, Cardi B does think that as well because she has uh, she back in 2016. She was she was a big celebrity who came out in support of Bernie for universal yeah. healthcare and uh, and free university. So this is actually um, like. I think that you know when people do this with their with their like people do it with Beyonce where they like you know mine the lyrics for like these like deeply radical positions which like she has of course moved to the left recently but like to the left to the left exactly um, but like Cardi B like it's actually there and she also yeah. she was uh, more she was uh, quicker than the U.S. government to predict the impact of coronavirus on uh, on that co- whole country. It's also because she's like uh, she's like a sex worker as well, so she's yeah. like been on the front line there with the primary means of production which is the body which brings us to our topic today yes! which is the body the body <laughs> the body oh, and megan the stallion who um uh who uh was uh, like the other person in the song uh, wet yep. as pussy has just released a song called body are you kidding and me it, yeah and, it's <gasps> got, and it goes body yada 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 it's so so good it's so good there's this a really amazing there's a really amazing youtube show called overrated underrated uh-huh and um the best one on there is erica badu and the second best one on there is megan the stallion yeah and they just it's just it's just like a talking head show where it's like 10 minutes to five seven minutes long and they're like do you think this thing is overrated or underrated and she's just the most amazing sweetest like megan the stallion yeah kind yeah, person music is amazing yeah she's completely amazing mm-hmm. and she was also times person of the year times person of the year or the most influential like times influential most really? influential people she was on okay. cover great yeah good for her good for her better her than caitlin jenner oh my fucking god Douchebag. oh wait has she been on the cover she was at some point i think and then also donald trump was as well oh god yeah megan the stallion i know big call i think megan the stallion is cooler than all like the coolest person in that triad well to, to be honest that triad is a perfect illustration of dialectical theory in which you've got like uh thesis caitlin jenner and then you've got antithesis donald trump and then you've got like uh the synthesis or the new point that reveals the commonality of the two beforehand which is megan the stallion <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, <laughs> amazing, and it's like Caitlyn Jenner, like woo, yeah, like Jenner's beautiful, all these things. But like Caitlyn Jenner is just like another like rich billionaire, millionaire, like upper class, and then just there's Megan the Stallion with the body, oddy, oddy, to come to save us all. Yeah, well, this is this is the thing. I think we're seeing. <clears throat> Uh, right now we are about to see hardcore again because like Trump was so awful. Oh, We're about gosh. to see the real, very real limits of representational uh, like progress. Mm. Uh, so like um, people getting really excited about um, uh, about uh, um, Kamala Harris. Um, oh, being yeah. uh, being the first woman uh, vice president and the first uh, woman of color vice president, and this is like not to like. See, you always have to add this caveat because, like, I'm not saying that it like it, it it does nothing, but I'm saying it's far less important than the policies that would be implemented by these people. Because, yeah. Because like people talked about how like it was an important symbol that Obama was a black president. Um, yeah. But the living standards of uh, of uh, African American people during his presidency declined yeah. because they he, uh, because his administration uh, put all of the responsibility for the recovery of uh, the global financial crisis yeah. on the poor and and didn't make the rich pay for it and then the, anything that uh, that affects the poor dispropor- disproportionately uh, affects African Americans and so yeah. like like this representational politics that people get I think I'm so wary of people getting even a little bit excited about um about <clears throat> girl bosses no completely right it's just like yeah girl bosses and it's also i mean i blame the spice and also, girls like, like so often people get really excited about trans people in the military yeah no, and like it's I, like it's completely ludicrous it's like listen to your like fucking listen i will to get yourself. excited about trans people in the military when they download 
hundreds of thousands of, <laughs> of military, and military secrets, secrets and sneak them out on a Lady Gaga, on a Lady Gaga CD, Gaga CD and then break break it wide. Like, break it tell, wide. Like, I will Bust get excited. Yeah, like top Chelsea Manning, and then we'll talk. But otherwise, I'm not interested in trans people in the military, and I'm not interested in uh, like the the benefits that come from uh, right wing trans people having more of a platform. I'm yeah. sorry, politics are, like politics but, are more important than how things look. Real talk, though, would you top Chelsea Manning? Would I top? I wouldn't. I would. I would never use the word top as a verb. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? What is it you just said to me just before we started this? Like anyone who says that they enjoy topping is fooling themselves. It's fooling. They all really enjoy. Purely psychological. (laughs) It's like (laughs) it's purely psychological. Like, it's like, like bottoming is like it's a, it's an experience, right? Bottoming is spiritual, topping is psychological. Yet another dichotomy. Exactly. Like, and and it's just like I don't know. I think I'm just I'm just tired. I'm bored. Frustrated. I'm, just, I'm frustrated. I'm I'm frustrated because the, I'm I just don't I, I like I don't have as much bodily contact as I would like because of this fucking lockdown. Yeah. No. Completely. I'm yes. Grumpy yes. this episode. I also I think I do love a grumpy Olympian. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of good it's really good it's like oh, give me the texture yeah. I feel like I only stop saying um and clearing my throat when I'm angry <laughs> but when I feel good it's like constant interruptions because I actually listen to this podcast loop <laughs> <laughs> you see and that's why opposites attract we make a good team <laughs> you you picked uh, the topic of the body I did um, think about, yeah. What 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 made you select this top of uh, this topic? What did make me select? So I feel like I said, and I I feel very corporeal right now. Mm-hmm. Like which is funny because I'm doing loads of like rituals at the moment. That's a vibe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one could say a corporeality. No, I said that wrong. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you found it funny. <laughs> like that was an attempt at a pun, but you just said a word. Yeah. <laughs> More like corporeality, which is just a word. <laughs> yeah. It was supposed to be a pun on the word reality. Uh, corpor, corpor, cor- corpus reality. reality. Yeah, Cooper. Yeah, that one. I'm glad German you pun. Ah, boom! Cooper. Take that, German listeners. Now go and vote. Um. But next year. Next yeah. year. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm going to fucking... I'm gonna but go when up. you do, vote for D-Linker. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go commit some fucking voter fraud and get my say. Like, anyway. Um, but I think this is kind of interesting as well because it's like uh, to have a body in society and also this kind of performative act of voting and like who is and isn't a body and also how one operates one's body. And I think that I've been doing loads of like rituals recently to think about my my energetic and like my psychic space and all of these things but really this is like ordering it all this sort of like ideological space to sort of like operate these like flesh clothes and uh also as well like yeah i'm i'm um i just there's i think that there's something so interesting about this pandemic in terms of now we're reaching this kind of existential level of it where it's to do with all this kind of like stuff that we emit from our body. And it's like the body is like really, the, the body is here. Like the body is kind of, it's really interesting to see the body back with it, the body being so centered within the political experience mm. with so little actual discussion of the body at the same time. It's true, right? This is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's completely divorced. It's like people aren't talking about your, your the body or the this. It's it's treated as like, it's and then... um. And I'm just kind of thinking, there's this, I just keep having like this flashback to this, like, there's this like horrible, horrible room at my old high school that was like some weird office that was just used for like generic tasks. And it was just like, it had like windows in it, but it was completely inside. So it had no ventilation. And I just think of it now and I'm like, this is just a fucking Corona trap. And like how many buildings have been built that just have all these like little boxes inside them that people are supposed to be in that have no ventilation. Isn't this just like what life is like for uh, like British university students at the moment? Like they were like come to mm-hmm. like come come and people are paying like nine thousand euro uh, pound a year for the privilege of being put in this tiny little shit box. Like, <laughs> it's, 
It yeah, yeah, sounds, yeah. It sounds horrendous. No, it's completely horrendous. And also as well that, like, basically, I believe that the integrity of, like, British politics completely died when Nick Clegg, who was part of the Liberal Democrats, like, during 2000 and... He's such eight. a sack of shit. Oh, he's such a sack of shit. They got elected on the mandate that they would abolish tuition fees and they was part of the government that tripled them. Yeah, like, fucking liberals. Yeah, and then there was literally, like, Alfie Meadows was a student that was, like, clubbed to death during this protest. So multiple students died through police brutality during this protest after this party just betrayed their political mandate. But this is what I mean. This is this is the really the the problem is that I'm so fucking sick of like what what p- politicians say. Mm-hmm. Um like what that people still thinking that that counts for anything. Yeah. Like paying lip service to uh to stuff is just not good enough. And like like I I got saw people got uh, because it's like especially liberals do this and we're about to see the biden administration do this for four years and give lip service <clears> and we're about to see uh, like because it's also this thing that one of one of the only good things about uh about like having uh like an evil conservative um uh person uh in in government or like administration evil conservative administration yeah. is that liberals like show a bit of spine for once like that, that they go that they have the, they have the, the guts to say that something is bad, and it's just like this disappears as soon and like and it, oh my god it's like representational politics is this silver bullet for liberals yeah. having any decent opinions whatsoever. I basically death to the Lib Dems. I think that the only only progressive thing that the only remotely acceptable thing in this just depicts how completely tragic it is that can come out of like the Kamala the Harris Biden administration is like a prison specifically for trans people. <laughs> yeah. Like Kamala makes like like yeah. like yeah. the Harris, like there's a Harris has a um a tendency to basically uh imprison trans women in men's prisons. Yeah. And I'm just like, right, so what is that and I was just like and I was imagining like imagine if there was like just a trans a prison just for trans people and then like that because there's not that many trans prisoners. They could build like surely they can like build one of them like and then also but then I was like wow imagine living in an institution in a world where everyone was trans oh my god so and then actually like not a prison obviously but yeah but then you're in a prison <laughs> and but then you're in a prison full of trans people so everyone's trans and then what happens is that then imagine then what kind of like bizarre experience would it be to then leave this place as well and then would you be like trying to get sent back or something like that I don't know but like I think that as well that just like the, the aspiration the one the one hopeful aspiration I have of this is trans specific prison indicates as to how shit it is oh my god it's so shit yeah yeah there's that meme that it's like when you when you ask for coke and it's like and it's a picture of bernie and um uh bernie and uh aoc yeah and then it says and it's like is pepsi okay and it's biden and come it's fucking awful yeah (laughs) like i mean it's like i saw this like meme thing that had all these images of like all the vice presidents of it. I think it's really funny though that, that everyone forgets that um that Harris uh herself was actually a presidential candidate. Uh and that she ran for president uh in the, she ran for the nomination and she didn't get it. Yeah. So but that's normal for um uh for a I mean first time yeah Biden as well was uh it's Obama's. normal for like a vice president to be someone else who um uh who no, like yeah, yeah, the, and like Biden was Obama's vice president, and then now he like ran on the platform and things like that. So yeah, and it's like it's an oligarchy. Like there's like there's it's a pool of like twenty people who are allowed to be president in the US. You know? Yeah, this is a really interesting thing about Jeremy Corbyn actually is because basically in the Labour um, in the Labour leader election process in the UK, basically the there is an old school left wing of the party who are like very, very like politically involved and very hectic. And so every year, every time there's a, a leadership, they always have, there's all, the the centrist establishment always has to include at least one of these candidates to keep this body of people on board without, so to stop them from like going off and forming some crazy new party or something like that. Um, <clears throat> and that every single old school person had like done it. And Jeremy Corbyn's, it was Jeremy Corbyn's turn to go and be this token person at the front. And then basically uh, thousands of people signed up the party to join to vote for him because they were like, we actually desperately want this. Yeah. And it's so funny as well, because also I was thinking recently about like, uh, that like this, do you remember this thing, like the naughtiest thing you've ever done? When, yes. Right. Yeah. Theresa May was asked, like, "What's the naughty?" The awful prime minister, in an attempt to humanise her, this this person asked her an unscheduled question that was just, "What's the naughtiest thing you've ever done?" And she was like, "Oh, 
when we were children, we used to run through the fields of wheat. Um, just like it was just like you fucking loser, you fucking douche. Yeah, and you also like sold weapons to like Saudi Arabia so they could bomb Yemen. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> running so, through the fields of wheat. Well, yeah, running through like, it says a lot about the conservative imagination that they yeah. think that running through the fields of wheat is worse than like. Murder, yeah, and then she was like trying- murder yeah, by murder. the state of its own citizens through austerity. No, completely right. Oh, oh my god, yeah. Also, as well, like the host- also the hostile environment as well, and like Windrush and like all these calamities and things. But then Jeremy Corbyn was asked, like, "What's the naughtiest thing you've ever done?" And he just went like, "Oh, it's much too naughty to say." And it was just like yeah. he was so cute and funny about it, and it was just like, "Oh my god!" Like I can't believe that the U- British public looked at these two people and went that one. But this episode is about the body. <clears throat> yeah, this is it. So, yeah. and you, this is interesting that you said that, that people like people are not mentioning the body so much, even mm. though this is like a biopolitical crisis. It, is a, is the, it really is. And also, I think what's so interesting as well is that it's interesting to discuss politics and politicians at this point and to think about that, because I feel like we've been uh, just governed by neoliberal financial decisions for so long yeah. that this is actually something that we can't govern with a, with a business model. And so we're actually yeah. seeing uh, a pol- like real political things happening again in a discussion. And it's because it's, it's a biopolitical situation. Yeah, this yeah. Is, I, I read this. Uh, there's this essay by Margarita Tsomu, um, who's a Berlin uh, writer, dramaturg, curator. Um, creative. Uh, <laughs> Berlin creative. Uh, and uh, it's about like how that like we it's, it's, it's worth paying attention to the logic uh, that uh, is, it's like wieder nichts gelernt, like uh, nothing learned again. Uh, mm. So people can Google that because someone, uh, uh, Cola Falcaro, who's uh, yeah. listening uh, to this, uh, yeah. listening to this podcast, we love um, you, Falcaro. Asked, asked if we had a bibliography, and I was like, oh my god, not even we pay attention to the books that we read. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah totally. Yeah. But uh, so you can Google that one, uh, and it's uh, it's. Uh, she made the argument that um, the logic of what gets shut down and what doesn't tells us something about the direction in which our society is mutating, uh, taking this idea from uh, Paul uh, Preciado. And uh, so that like the decisions that we make now are like are already steps into our future. And mm. uh, it's really concerning that with this soft lockdown in Berlin, like the like cases yeah. have uh, stayed static. So they've stopped um, the exponential growth of the Corona cases in yeah. Germany. Uh, but they've stayed static. So this lockdown is not, this partial lockdown that we have is not reducing the cases. Okay. Um, So it's like keeping them at a plateau. And they're talking about, um, uh, I heard today, it hasn't been decided, but they're talking. So it's like today was like 10,000, 10,000, nearly 11,000 cases. And uh, they're talking about extending the lockdown, but uh, like, uh, because there's all this talk about uh, keeping it open for Christmas uh, like uh, like uh, people being yeah. able to have these big Christmas parties, which is just like, oh my God, no, you can't have a big Christmas party. Yeah. There's a pandemic. And if you do that, then bodies will get together anyway. And yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. so, so annoying. But like what's left open is our, uh, is our capacity uh, to work, especially the working class. Yeah. Uh, who was it? Um, Naomi Klein makes mm. a really good point that um, when we talk about essential workers, yeah. um, uh, then... It's a really, really good way for people to identify who the working class is now. Yeah. Uh, because oh, that's cool. the working yeah. class at no point uh, has gotten a holiday during Corona. Of course, there are working class people who did and blah, blah, blah. But like yeah. um, that all of these essential, uh, like uh, like system relevant uh, workers, mm. like the, the, like people who have to continue working, that's the working class. Um, but so like our, our capacity for... Um, it, it, it is a, like a hallucination of a future mm. in which all we do is work and consume. Because we can still consume now. We can go to stores. Yeah. And so if you feel bored Amazon. and buzzed out and crap, then you can go to a store yeah. and buy something. Um, which is why I have all these exquisite plants in my yeah. suit. This one's cute. Do you like it? I do like it, actually. I was noticing that. Well, actually, what's really funny as well is that what's really interesting is if you look at The Matrix from 1999. and Great you look, film. Yeah, and you, like uh, made by trans woman. Um, Women. Yeah, two women, like the yeah, Wachowski yeah. siblings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Okay, yeah. Um, basically, the human population is just kept in, like, cells and uses batteries. 
And that's essentially what we are. Well, this is, this is, and it sells apart from each other as well. Yeah. You know, I feel like Lana and Lily Wachowski are so good when they have a studio standing over their shoulder, limiting all of their silly hippie impulses. Because <laughs> when they're left to their own devices, they do the most embarrassing techno hippie bullshit. Oh, do they? Oh but, my God. Like, like yeah. Matrix 2, 3, Sense8. I loved Cloud Atlas, but they were working from a book there. Oh, I um, love Cloud Atlas too. Yeah, yeah see, I, love, I love, I love silly techno hippie bullshit. Yeah. But, um, but uh, like the- Sensei is is very is overly heartwarming. Like oh my god, all the moments of like the rousing speeches to the masses that like I every see, episode. I just can't handle them. Oh my god, I just can't handle them. And all, like again, it's this politics of representation where people are like <laughs> like really excited because there was a three D representation of a trans woman in the show, and it's like yes, but can we include in our demands for representation that the representation be good? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, completely. So bad. I'm just, I know, I'm just yeah. like so like oh through in so many ways. It's like um uh yeah, like these representational politics. I mean you've heard me too many times before, I'm shielded. Like, um speaking of the body and being shielded, uh the postmortem results of my father came back. Uh, oh wow. And he died because he had a large heart that was calcified, which <laughs> I'm like <laughs> 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 So, like, he was very, like, when he was like, hey, yeah, you know, so, like, kind of, but also he just, like, couldn't to address or take on other people's, like, needs or reality as a human being. Wow. Yeah. He had a big heart, but it was hardened. Wow. <laughs> yeah, like, post, yeah, it's like, sometimes I feel like reality shows the same restraint that the Wachowski sisters do. <laughs> it's just like, Okay, you don't have to whack us across the face with it. We get it. We get the yeah. metaphor. We get it. Like, sorry, what in the swamp of sadness? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, I didn't show you that yet. I'm showing you immediately after yeah. this. You're gonna die. Because yeah. I, I was in, I was thinking today because I uh, meditate with this Headspace app. Um, that really helps with, um, like, because recovering from PTSD mm. uh, is all about the body. Because PTSD reminded me, I think we've spoke, we, I know we've spoken about this earlier, yep. that PTSD reminded me or like confirmed the, um, the, uh, uh, the falsity of mind-body dualism, yep. which is th- this idea, I guess I realized we never really explained stuff, uh, yep. but like, so the, the idea that the mind and the body are two separate things, uh, that, that there's like a binary with a, with a thing, thing separating them. And, uh, it's I, the 21st century people should know. And if not, they should educate themselves. Yeah, we did. Yeah. No, I, I, I had help. Yeah. <laughs> Look, you're allowed to vote. For the sake of all of us, educate yourself. <laughs> I don't know. Voting, but I'm not sure that I'm going to state that I think that voting is overrated. Anyway, yeah. anyway. Um, it's a very I, interesting like, bodily action, though, as well, where it comes back into it. where it's, Because, like, you physically need to go, anyway, but, like, blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, no, go also, like, my body to a demonstration, going to, uh, going to a protest is kind of voting. It's an embodied voting because yeah. you're going and you're inserting yourself into, in the political process. And this is a very, this is underrated. Yes, but, it is, um, yeah. PTSD taught me definitely that like that I'm a body because my body started acting up and it started acting up through the mechanism. I've been trying to deny it for some time now. But... <laughs> well, we think of ourselves that like I think a lot of us think of ourselves as this like consciousness that is like that operates a body intentionally. Um, mm. And like I it just like it reminded me that like uh, that that I am a body because my because my brain and my body started acting up. Mm. So I started having really intense visions, which, uh, like, um, which, uh, of like, of violence and not, not losing track of where I was. Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, that's, that's strange. Yeah. And then also my chest and my, and my throat often hurt. And then I couldn't see properly. Mm -hmm. And it's like all of these things, uh, like remind me of the presence of my body and then recovering from uh, PTSD is a very embodied process. Mm. So uh, like yoga is really, really good for it. Um, and, uh, and then meditation because it's breathing, like, because focusing on the breathing mm. communicates to, uh, I think the brain stem yep. and then, and then the limbic brain, uh, that, uh, that, that, that one is safe yeah. because we only breathe like that when, uh, when we are safe. Yeah. And so like, um, I think I can't remember where I was going with that, but what position do you meditate in? Um, doggy. <laughs> yeah, just on all fours. Oh, 
that's, I mean, that's one of my favorites. That sounds like a good idea. I think I'm going to do that. No, no yeah. I just, I sit cross-legged on my gorgeous couch. Yeah, I can, um, uh, after my, after, when I broke both my arms earlier this year, mm-hmm. I also hit my knee. And um, then when I had my back stolen, when I was too drunk, I lost my um, uh, insoles that like, keep my thing. long and the short of it is that uh, there was a period of time where I could, just couldn't sit cross-legged. Mm-hmm. And so it's coming back now and I'm like doing other things to help with my hip rotation and stuff. But basically the way that you do it is that also the, at the base of your spine is like the sacral area and mm-hmm. you sit basically if you, the different positions will allow your sacral fluid to flow easier. Mm-hmm. And that when, so one of the best ones for this is a full lotus position, for example. Yeah. Yeah, I always do it in life. Ah, I used to be able to do that. But the problem is I haven't got enough of a hip rotation. So the two bones within my thigh were pushing on my kneecap. Uh-huh. And so when I was doing it every day, you didn't really notice it. But then after a prolonged period of rest, yeah. it was suddenly very sensitive. So, but now I'm, I've got, now I sort of, I've recovered a bit more So because I was quite worried about it. But then I, I thought uh, that, I thought that, they, well, they're just going to recommend rest. So I rested for ages and now it's like coming back. So right. it was the right thing. Yeah. Just like. This is, uh, so this is what I, um, um, this is what I, why I started talking about yeah. um, my PTSD again, uh, is that uh, because like so, so many of us are like so alienated from our bodies and uh, a bit because uh, that a lot of that is the way uh, that like we um, need to function. Like, mm-hmm. especially if you do a job that's really physically demanding, it's difficult to remain present in your body yeah. uh, all the time. Like bending, like uh, working in hospitality or I also found working in a call center because like I could feel my yeah. body decaying around me and like I was chained to the thing. I fucking hate working oh, in call really, centers. Really, really, yeah. That's like number four of the things that I fucking, fucking hate, hate today. Okay, so get this right. So there's a, um, uh, so in this, I'm like just dealing with like Alcoholics Anonymous, like True Will and all this shit. I'm like checking out some stuff by Alistair Crowley who was talking about that, the idea of like love is the law, love under will. You know, saying we need to like see every act as an orgasm. Um, Think every act as an orgasm? Yeah. That like, sounds so exhausting. I, I'm completely into it. Like, <laughs> oh my then, God, can you said, imagine every act being an orgasm? That sounds like, hectic. Ah, ah. Um, anyway, but, uh, but then... You know, like your fourth orgasm of a day is always far more, far more work than it's worth. I didn't, like, I managed to like not masturbate for like 36 hours and then I came straight back in with five times in one day, that, like recently. Really? Yeah, want, my groin is my power center. To, like I have to like try and like uh, redress this and sort of like why redress it if it feels like your power center then that's that's good no ah uh, because I feel that basically it's this thing where I'm just like I'm just like oh, I need to remotely be able to feel okay to sort of be able to do anything let's masturbate uh, and yeah then, yeah that, that sounds healthy you know, unless it's all the time it's like all the time <laughs> good for you <laughs> I mean, I'm into it yeah and I'm there, but I'm also I'm wondering it's one of these things where I'm like well maybe like if I I would have more energy overall it's one of these things where it's like uh, uh i feel like shit all the time apart from when i'm drinking but then yeah. you stop drinking yeah. and then you're like oh actually now i just feel you know it takes a while but then you're like actually i just feel generally good all the time now kind of thing i think being present in like because uh i um when i drink i can mm. feel all day the next day even if it's just a little bit mm. that like all of my routines and stuff are a little bit are a little bit behind and it mm. just doesn't feel as nice to be in my body and yeah. so like having, finding a way to actually be present in the body, which is like, which like feels okay is a really good way to find uh, an equilibrium uh, so that you don't want to overdo it with stuff. That's what, yeah. that's what, that's what really works for me. It's also, yeah. the body has all these, it has all these like um, stops, like these breaks. Yeah. If you, if you learn how to re- learn again, how to listen to them. Well, I was, I said, so I stayed up sewing until like 3am the other day and then just every single thing afterwards, the next day was just kind of like, just a bit gross and a bit yeah. weird. And I was just like, I was like, I've, so I've set a rule for myself, which is not to work past 11 at night. That's a really good rule. Yeah. I used to be doing this till four all the time and stuff like that, like till four in the morning and then like waking up and then like drinking loads of coffee and then drinking loads of wine and then yeah. working really late and then drinking coffee and then wine and then coffee and then wine. Just like completely awful and like... Um, yeah, so then, and then, like, now I'm trying to just push my waking up time earlier and earlier so that I have more working time. And also yeah. social time as well. Like, mm. I think, like, my priorities are, like, that. But um, there's this thing just that Alistair Crowley said about before every act is an orgasm, because we must see our, our body as more than a... um more than like a ship that inhales to fill its sails uh, in a, like, in a journey, in a voyage towards the grave. Which is, like... 
There's oh my ex- god! I don't want to see my body as anything more than that. That's a beautiful image. Yeah. Well, it's feel like- my sails, babe. <laughs> yeah. I'm going home. <laughs> <laughs> Full speed ahead. <laughs> You're like, be like, like nap or death. Death, please. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was like also. But then when I was meditating and I was like cross-legged, I was like seeing all these visions and I saw a skeleton. It was a skeleton, right? But the skeleton itself was made entirely of skulls, which feels a bit extra. And then it pulled... Yeah, that's putting a hat on a hat. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> and then it like, pulled its head apart, with, and it was screaming as well. And then like, Wait, this where, went, was this in your dream? No, meditating. <laughs> I have really intense visions when I meditate at the moment. I don't, re- I don't have visions when I meditate. I just don't concentrate on my breathing. <laughs> I don't oh think my I want to have visions. No, I'm so hectic. I'm having full psychedelic trips at the moment when I'm like meditating. Like there's like uh, like bugs and like octopuses and all these like monsters. And like, I love octopuses. Yeah. <laughs> You love octopuses? I love them. They're so smart. They're different. Yeah. They're, they're, they can blend in. They're very yeah, yeah. strong. They can stand out. Yeah, exactly. They can they're, choke a dolphin. Yeah. My, yeah. that's like the skill that I have that I'm most proud of. <laughs> Being able to choke a dolphin. I can choke a dolphin in under two minutes. Because <laughs> oh, you're so well in I don't know. Oh, no, I wasn't talking about sex. Oh, my God. Goodness, no. No, I just put my fist in his blow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no, I've given away my secrets to all yeah. of our loyal listeners. Uh, I just go for the standard harpoon. Harpoon, <laughs> yeah. You know, I remember the other day that Steve Irwin died by having a, st- ah! a stingray sting his sting him in the heart. Yeah, he was Who a fucking knew- cunt and he deserved it. Like, oh, really? fuck him. Oh no, I just don't care. You know what I mean? <laughs> Everyone was so sad. Everyone was so sad. How do you go from I don't really care to he's a fucking cunt and he deserved it? Oh, I was like, yeah, I was like, you just, you just used to go around and be like, look at this deadly animal and swing it around by the tail. <laughs> it's true, that did sound. You know, when he died, when he died, Jermaine Greer was like, well, if you're going around and harassing animals like that, I don't know what you expect. It's like, okay, Jermaine Greer, one. I never thought I'd agree with you. Well, she wasn't yet such a... Oh, no, she's always been a despicable turf. Um, but just like, these views just went as widely but yeah, published. Yeah, she wasn't spraying that bile as, uh, like, far and wide. But um, uh, I was kind of here for it because I love... I love, like... <laughs> like, I love a rude woman who intervenes inappropriately <laughs> in public discourse. Yeah, like, completely. I love. I'm all for that. Yeah, yeah, um, more of that. But, uh... But <laughs> if you're a woman listening to this right now, please really yeah. intervene in public discourse oh absolutely yeah just yeah. D- just destroy it <laughs> um but uh <laughs> unless you're a turf actually, in which case just fuck off Jermaine yeah, Greer yeah well like that's also that's not intervening in public discourse in the UK that's contributing to it yeah that's true yes um, this is true actually it's so, not really a point it's not really a counterpoint it's yeah. not like you're like you're not challenging the authority there yeah so right. um like oh, live in resistance yeah it's sexy but um, so I was kind of here for it, but I was also just like he has a family. I know, I know. Right? <laughs> there, was a, there was a really good uh, like South Park episode where they where they have Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter, and he's like, "All right, I've got this snake, and I'm, I've got this snake, and I'm gonna stick my finger up its butthole." <laughs> and he does it with every single like every animal. He's just like fingering all of these animals. <laughs> the body. The body! Yeah. Oh my god, the body! I, we could, I could do it with a thumb in my butthole. Right? Yeah. Like, that's. Oh, <laughs> these are the sounds that you make when, you, that you make when you're thinking of a thumb in your butthole, like. Actually, like a jellyfish fucked a cat. Like, yeah. Actually, it could be uh, octopuses having sex. What can you? Okay, this is my task for you for the for this episode, okay. the body, which is like really just not on topic, but like, yeah. um, what sound do you think an octopus would make if it was having sex in the air? Oh, oh, okay. So you know those um those breastplates for like boobs for queens things? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I have one of them because really, yes, I really? Like, it was fat. Yes, it was. In, you know the the uh, narco feminist queer squat leaving thirty four that was evicted. You well, found a breastplate in there. My friend found one in there and gave it to me. What? While they were clearing things out, yeah. And then when you when you um you can you can take it and s- and spank it together, and it makes this 
unearthly noise, and that is exactly what an octopus in the air fucking would sound like. Great. I'm going to bring it next time so we can, like, so you can all hear it with this ASMR I'm microphone. All for that. Yeah. <laughs> can we just start adding ASMR punctuation moments? I did, I did actually, I loved this. I loved the way we opened it um, last, last week. Mm. Yeah. We just, like, open a big pack of spaghetti and just crumble it over the microphone whilst crying about revolution and the need for it. That does sound like a better podcast than the one that we currently do. <laughs> so I, I've been reading, uh, I've nearly finished uh, uh, Caliban and the Witch. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is, uh, uh, like, the, the full title is Caliban and the Witch, Women, sorry, Women, <laughs> the Body and Primitive Accumulation. Yeah. Right. And she, like, she talks all about women and, uh, like, she's written in 2004 uh, and she has this like, it's, I, oh my god! I should have found this beforehand. Uh, I put a question mark next to it, so I should be able to find it. It's okay. So for an audiovisual description, Olympia is currently frantically thumbing through a well-fingered copy of Caliban and the Witch. It's a bit grimy. I don't know what she's been doing with it. Where she's been storing it. We're in Olympia's house. It's incredibly dirty. It's cobwebs everywhere. <laughs> just, oh my you'd god! You'd be ashamed. My room is beautiful. It's exquisite. <laughs> I need a different. There's, I need a different audio. There's a number of twink corpses hidden in a suitcase <laughs> in the back of. <laughs> That's the half truth. <laughs> I can't wait. Basically, they're not um, hidden. They're, they're strewn out. Actually, a number yeah. of them are used to a yeah. whole ornament. This is a rug. <laughs> it's um, a rug. But um, <laughs> I'm here for it. Um, she basically says, "I'm going to just unproblematic. I'm not like she qualifies her use of the word uh, of the word of the term woman yeah. um, uh, by saying." All right, yeah, I know post-modern feminism exists, but as long as women are a category of people that's constructed by the, the uh, uh, division of labor, uh, then I'm yeah. going to continue to use it. Which, Great. Yeah, like, I'm Love all for. It. But then, like, trans people or, like, people who, like, fall outside of, not, like, uh, like fall outside of this. The thing is that, like, trans people or gender non-conforming people or people who fall outside of man yeah. and woman, like, have always existed. And so it's like, I just, I wasn't so happy with this cop-out. But she does, uh, talks about how, like, uh, the in the in the witch hunt, like, the brutalization yeah. of, uh, of, uh, the bodies uh, of the people that would become the working class, and in particular the bodies of uh, women, um, was uh, a key to the establishment of uh, of capitalism. So, like, yeah. like because we uh, used to in Europe used to have all of this uh, like these <clears throat> forms of collective life. Yeah. Uh, so, like festivals and fairs, uh, and like you mm. know everyone like basically a lot of what we see. As oh wow! Fuck! And so this was the key to getting into like this atomized, alienated form. This didn't happen existence. by accident, and okay. it didn't happen gently. So she posits the the witch hunts as, yeah. and also women uh, as like it gets a little romantic sometimes. I don't know, but like posits women as uh, knowledge. Uh, knowledge holders relating to uh, particularly relating to the body and medicine um, and and like charms and things like this um, yeah and uh, that this were the, the witch hunts were a conscious campaign against um, yeah. like the embodied knowledge of women in particular like yeah. of, of, of pe- the, the people in general and in particular of women so if you want a really cool thing and also all you listeners at home if you want a really cool thing if you google burning woman like pdf or zine there's actually a zine that a collective has made about this and it's Mm. available online it's like it's i never really read all of it i just Mm. kind of read the intro but it's called it's all about it's like basically like olympia's got the fantastical scholar scholastic uh edition that's probably like 30 pounds or something and this is uh and this is which i'm sure is very worth it but um this is a free version online burning Mm. woman pdf and it's all about witchcraft and this i think they probably read this book and then made a zine I'm about sure it. I'm sure they have. But yeah. there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff on it, um, and it's yeah. just really interesting how like um, uh, like a lot of these things that we, we think of like a gradual transition into capitalism. Yeah. But like uh, like and our and our lives feel so atomized, and we also have a glimpse of what things could become like in the future without a strong left. Uh, resistance yeah this thing where we just like we sit at home we go to work and then we buy things to make us feel better which is yeah. what's happening in the soft lockdown we don't even, we it, barely even go you know we barely even go like you either you go to work or you home office as well then you yeah. like like live streaming like at what point are we going to get to like a creative like live streaming studio that's like a collective hub and you like like hot desking but like for studios yeah for like it's like it just fucking sucks and this uh this uh this didn't happen uh 
by accident. So she describes this yeah. campaign of terror, which was the witch burnings. Um, and like, it's quite interesting yeah. because like, otherwise it's just this weird anom- anomaly that pe- people like... Oh, it- no, it, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's, it's, um, it's, no, it's super interesting to, uh, to integrate it. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, I was kind of more interested in what you were saying. Okay, cool. Well, I think that's interesting. <laughs> I kind of want to return back to this idea of like this, sort of using this category of woman, like saying like post-feminism is a thing and stuff like that. And it's like... Post-modern feminism. Post-modern feminism. Because also post-modern feminism is just already dated and I actually think that there's huge term problems with the term modernity and post-modernity and then like... Because, and then like... I just want to have opinions again. Yeah, no, right. It's also... Yeah, it's like... Uh, I'm sick of trying to look sophisticated. You know what, Olympia? Never really worked. <laughs> Let me tell you. You have opinions, and uh, you don't always look sophisticated. <laughs> no, you do always look quite sophisticated. Really? But... I feel like I don't. Yeah, you do, but I don't. Um, <laughs> but I also have a lot of opinions. I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> you and your, your drug wardrobe of, of do- your, you and your dopamine drug wardrobe. No, yeah. but, okay, so I think, but I kind of like, I'm kind of into this idea of basically saying that, like, I'm just going to use, like, this category of wo- I kind of just into this idea of being like, look, I understand there's a lot of debates about the identity of women, but like this is sort of talking about like just I like this idea of what you know she's using a, a notion of of uh, embodied labour mm. as opposed to like inherent identity, which fundamentally yeah, yeah, she's not essentialist at all. Yeah, so yeah. it's a completely non-essential thing. It's also as well, it's a, it's a form of strategic essentialism. It's also talking about a period of history and it's about a book that's meant to be, to uh, theoretically inform other perspectives and it's supposed to be applied in different ways and yeah. stuff like that. So I think that that, about like collective life and individual life, because also as well, there's like, it's really, another really amazing thing, now that fucking Falquera has mentioned bibliography, it's like, it's called, by John D. Emilio, John de, like John de apostrophe Emilio. It's called Capitalism and the Gay Identity. It's about mm. like eight or 16 pages or something. It's fucking fantastic. Great. Like it's about how the modern LGBT emerged out of uh, alienated life. Uh, about how basically people before were living within the extended family. And then within capitalism it created... Uh, the nuclear family mm. and then within this there were queer people emerged who were working had wages could buy their own places and then didn't have to get families and they had private space and also as well this is there's a certain lesbian theory about how when men would go working that like there would be networks of lesbian wives like a cable a cabal of wives mm. fucking each other and then um when? Oh, I'm not quite sure. I think you, well, you have to read John D'Amelio, Capitalism and the Gay Identity. Okay, I will. Um, but it's re- honestly, it's really good and very brief. And mm. then, um, and uh, I think maybe, but I think these talking like the 18 or 1900s, like, or 20th century, it's not too, it's not too old. I think any time is a good time to les out. Yeah, totally right. Yeah. yeah. But no matter you, what epoch you're in. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. So he also talks about... Hey, Les out! Woo! <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm thinking of uh, just lesbian jouissance. Um, yeah. So, like, uh, he also talks about how this is how, uh, basically, like, men's, like, but this talks about the home as a lesbian space, and then also about how, uh, within the family, but then also it talks about how, then with this atomized, alienated life that cruise at parks became cruising grounds like certain street corners people would hook on and also bars which were all male spaces and this formed the foundation of the of the gay male sexual economy and social economy that we know now mm. which i would argue was radicalized by gender non-conforming people who were called gay which gave us stonewall basically yeah because lots of lots of gay men were just quite happy uh fitting into a normative standard which um just bring me to an interesting point that I'd like to I'd share with you, which I haven't really mentioned to anyone, but it's about this category of like woman and, and the body and thinking about mind body dualism and stuff. And, um, and like being basically being a fa- being lumped in with faggotry, but being a gender non-conforming person, but not being able to escape this sort of whap, the whap. Oh my God, this way I supposed to say. No, this. Why this, would you want to escape the whap? I didn't say whap. Like, I meant something else. Only, it's the only retreat that we've had. It was like, a free it's the only good thing that's happened this year. Yeah. What was a free uh, uh, trap? Trap. Yeah, that was what I meant to say. Because <laughs> it's where I want to be. It's where yeah. I want to be. Yeah. But I know. I started referring. I started a using. A whap is a trap that you don't want to leave. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Normally I use gender neutral pronouns to refer to myself, my diaries. And I started using female pronouns. And I started, just felt this full bodily experience of like satisfaction and like kindness and recognition in a way that was like really like personal and like 
uh, intense and like just kind of beautiful and it was like so nice and I was just like and the, Judith Butler says a really interesting thing which is that a body has to have a gender to be able to be socially interpolated to make sense yeah and so basically be and it's like saying that you have a non-binary gender is a way of doing this but there's still a huge difference between saying oh I'm a non-binary person to I am a man or I am a woman Oh, and the foundational yeah. experience of this deeply as well. Deeply unsatisfied with uh, non-binary as... Uh, as oh my God! As a way to express myself. We're grumpy. Like, we're... It's like, it's just, it's it just, it's such a dry hump of a concept. It is a dry hump of a... Oh my God. And it's like, my identity is not a negation. Yeah. Like, it's like, but like... Yeah, and then I feel and, like and, and like... as though my identity is that I have opted out of something, which is like this. It's like this neoliberal politics of like the uh, like of gender consumerism. That it's like yeah. I have chosen not to. I have chosen to buy neither the male nor the female gender, and I like which is the I that presupposes yeah. uh, that pre pre exists. I um, think so. This is yeah the I that pre exists as well because also this like the Cartesian notion itself. But I think that also with this we have to think about. There's lots of ways to humanize this because it's also having. Uh, dysphoria as a non-binary person is like can it, when you're feeling like non-binary like non-binary dysphoria is like super intense because then also you're feeling dysphoric about female aspects of yourself and also male aspects of yourself so it's like double dysphoria almost and i think that we need to like that being non-binary isn't just being it's really annoying that it has this like non like this negation at yeah. the beginning like this but it's to say non-binary it's not it's against this idea of like sex being this either or binary absolute yeah but rather something that like but to be a non-binary is to oscillate between these and around these and also to produce new territories as well well. i just don't want to think about it because like when like yeah it's fucking um, exhausting like so people don't have to debate their gender this much and that's fucked yeah and it's just boring it's boring like it's so boring like identity (sighs) is so boring and like it's just like i would much rather do than like inter like constantly I don't know. I just, I started wearing pants recently and it was a really big thing because I avoided wearing <laughs> pants for like four years. And then I started wearing them and I, and <laughs> I was saying to my friend Yardis, yeah. like, oh my God, these are so great. They're so comfortable and yeah. practical and I can just, I can, I, they look good and I can do whatever I want in them. And he said, yeah, it must be really nice for you to be a woman in the sixties. Yeah, completely <laughs> right. I was so excited about pants. <laughs> That's literally, I don't worry. Like, oh, I'm trying to get into more gender affirming clothing. And I'm just like, but I can't give up the simple practicalities of trousers yeah yeah and kidding me and it's just like i just i'm just i'm just so fucking sick i just i would rather do so many other things than like write an essay about the like exact way in which i am non-binary like i feel like i'm a performer and i still don't think that people need to witness witness me doing that level of navel gazing i know and also how much can one learn from like okay people but can it, learn from this. no but also yeah but it's also this fucking thing where it's like basically it's all to a certain extent if your gender is like this very particular precise articulation that you sort of like have and is, is it really a gender no <laughs> no 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 it's an individualist identity project and it's like i just don't believe that our that our job on this planet is to like truly become ourselves like as though every one of us is a project that we can work on and optimize and make well, but perfect. this is neoliberal self-optimization yeah this is what i mean this and it's like yeah. and i think that so much discourse around non-binary stuff um yeah. is really really uh like it it ha- has um, a, a big danger of falling into the trap of neoliberal individualist yeah. self-optimization because the, the thing yeah. that queer politics so often comes up against is that it tries to solve collective problems through individual action. And so yeah. like you have this collective problem of, uh, of like queer kinship being totally unrecognized. And then it's like, we fight for the, like, no, this is a bad example. Like, no, but it's also, I think that I just, it's just that like the, the, like uh, the problem of the gender binary is a collective problem and it can only be solved by a movement or movements that then change the way that things function collectively. So like each of us individually self-optimizing and becoming our most true selves will do nothing except make sure that a couple of middle-class non-binary people particularly white people yeah. will feel a bit better about themselves and that's yeah. just and that's that's all that the lgbt um they're also the wankers getting ted talks 
Yeah, exactly. And it's just, oh, it's so crap. I'm yeah. so frustrated. No, no yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I just like, I think we, we like, we just need to collectively abolish gender the way that it currently exists, and that can only be done by a mo- movement that has a direct impa- impact on the way that the government interacts with people's genders. Yeah. Also, as well, there's watching this really interesting um, talk with Judith Butler, which uh, it's like a 2020 Zoom thing with a particular university in uh, South Africa. I can't remember which one. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, and, uh, but if you, if you YouTube Judith Butler, it's up there at the top. And then um, she's like, I'm going to talk for 20 minutes, 40 minutes later, she's done. But it's talking about the anti-gender, uh, anti-gender, the gender ideology campaign, which basically there was a guy in Argentina who wrote this book uh, about gender ideology, which basically is seeing, which lumps together women's rights, reproductive rights, trans identity and queer identity mm. together under gender ideology. And she describes it as a counter movement, which is to say that it's not a movement, it's designed to counter a movement that exists. Yeah. And it's basically as well that it's really funny because uh, she takes various things that gender is described, the idea of gender, and that basically this gains loads of traction within the Catholic Church. And also as well that basically it's also that against her book Gender Trouble in the 1990s that the uh, the Catholic Church Family Council, like headed by Joseph Ratzinger, um, basically, who then later became Pope, were really against this. And also Pope Francis, who's recently acknowledged gay marriage, has basically equated trans people to nuclear weapons. He acknowledged uh, civil unions. He was civil, yeah, yeah, civil yeah. rights, civil mm. unions. So it's civil yeah. unions, okay, and he basically described trans people as nuclear weapons. He's I like, would rather refer to myself as a nuclear weapon than like <laughs> than like continue like because non-binary is the closest thing. Well, NB nuclear bomb. Wow, <laughs> I'm an MB. I'm a nuclear bomb. Yeah. I don't know. It just sounds like I'm. I'm. But, I so, just wish there was. Yeah. Well, what's really interesting, right? As well, is that uh, this has been taken up by Catholic churches and sort of like, and so the um and it's got huge and the evangelical movement and the Catholic Church in America have unified on this and so uh, it was really integral in the election of like Bolsonaro in Brazil and then but particularly what it is right is that all all of these places. Uh, neoliberal, uh, the neoliberal process of valuing like assets over wages as the mm. main wealth producer in society has that also necessitates crisis. Basically, it needs cri- like all all theorists of this basically admit that crisis has to occur at some point to sort of clear out the system to rebalance it and to create the threat that exists because it needs this uh, these moments and then um and that basically that it's really interesting that these are presented as that gender is like destroying the family when actually uh, all these services have been all the fam- services yeah. of the state that look after this and so what happens is families have to rely on churches churches are taking the place of providing state services and at the same time they're uh, articulating this like uh, this idea of gender ideology which also it also um, it also says that there's a scientific they it's really funny because the pope talks certain popes have talked about certain popes some of them i don't care which ones um have talked about the idea that there's scientific basis for the idea for the religious idea of men and women so science and religion both agree against this term gender but then it's also that they it has also been described as a jihad And also as a nuclear weapon. So gender has been described as nuclear weapons, a jihad, scientifically um, invalid, and also religiously, like, uh, demonic. (laughs) So it's, like, all of these things at the same time. And it's um, it's fucking wild. Well, like, I guess it it, it kind of shows that there is, like, given that context and given that, like, the stakes are getting higher, Mm. uh, like, uh, that... Uh, then LGBT politics, queer politics, trans politics needs to, it needs to have like a strong foundation in uh, uh, in an idea of collective structural change. And it has yeah. lacked this for large parts. Like it, and it like- No, totally. And this this is already visible in Butler. Like she, she doesn't go in for like- um, What's really structural funny- Structural change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, of course, <clears throat> this is not her uh, her fault. Um, What's all. really funny is that in this thing, 30, like in gender trouble, like definitely not. But like now in this thing, like 30 years later, she literally is just talking entirely about markets. And she's yeah. just like, so- um, well, she's been married to where, uh, where she's been Wendy Brown. Wendy Brown with Wendy Brown. Wendy Brown for that whole time. But like, <laughs> oh, yeah. um, but the um, like, I think we can say this is the bastardizations of Butler. 
Which is to say that Judith Butler herself... I also think that there is... A, there are, Like, you can trace this problem back to her writing as well. Um, and, like... Uh, but, like, yeah. whatevs. Um, yeah, but it's also like saying you can trace Stalinism back to Marx, which is, like... No, I yes. don't think so, because... Butler, you completely can. Well, no, I'm tracing that to, like, to something that's visible in Butler's work. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking about the term the dictatorship. It's, I really... Just, I, yeah, but... I really feel Marx term- might mess up on the terms dictatorship of the proletariat. <laughs> Sure, but, but I think it's a totally different situation. Yeah. But like the um, the the problem that we see in a lot of queer politics, and I guess in mm. also a lot of what, what, what like with like vulgar queer politics, as yeah. in like queer politics as like ev- expressed by everyday queer people. Yeah. Um, is this <laughs> is this tendency to uh, get really excited and over rely on a politics of the like the the expression of the individual self, and we mm. o- and we, like we open ourselves up there because then the far right and these anti gender like. Um, like what is it called like anti-gender ideologist anti-gender it's like yeah. anti-gender ide- it's either anti-gender ideology or the it's the move the counter movement of gender ideology which yeah. is seeing seeing which seeing the the discussions around various forms of sexual rights and reproductive rights outside of the realm of the nuclear family mm-hmm. as being somehow an ideology which is incredibly ironic considering the fact that the nuclear family itself is an incredibly ideological formation of we're done by the fact that they set fire to fucking women in the Middle Ages. Yeah. You bastards. And so, like, the, um, the... I know. Uh, like, like we're, yeah. we're, it's just more like, of course, uh, like uh, the fight for reproductive rights is not is not guilty of this. Um, um, but like, uh, it it we leave ourselves open uh, to the far right when yeah. we centre our politics around like uh, looking really cute uh, on Instagram. Basically. Yeah, but the thing is, right, so this is, is, is this is where, as well, like, certain privileged people have been able to, like, control the discourse, and also, as well, that these uh, these <clears throat> social media platforms are fundamentally, like, also parts of neoliberal self-optimization as well in these things, and it's kind of like, it's also, I think that it should be acknowledged, the reason why I think that for lots of queer people that this feels very political is because the queer body is such a site of policing. Yeah, yeah. We can't help true. but feel intimately mm-hmm. that this is that when we have literally the debate of like am I going to be assaulted or not for wearing this belt with yeah. this outfit like am I you know there's a certain amount of things that it can be complete it can completely be forgiven you know in this sense it's like um, I like I think in a moral sense it can be forgiven in a moral but, yes but, in a moral sense it can be forgiven in a political sense urgent. not well it's <laughs> Well, it's just more like the more it's easy to to lapse into individualism because one is in such an isolating situation. Yeah. Um, the more important it is for us to continue to understand this structurally. Yeah. Well, what's quite interesting, what I want to uh, get to is the um, notion that basically the the most vibrant and alive place of Marxist thought right now is in the fears of the right wing in America. <laughs> <laughs> like the main platform I mean like like Marx's publicists must just be like thanks babes because literally the main people who are actually talking about Marxism are the, like, the right wing in America being like these cultural Marxists as a threat to describing Joe Biden and Kamala Harris as Marxists yeah like I should, I, <laughs> I should be so lucky I know right I'm like you are, are you fucking kidding me yeah. it's like and I think there's some way of like maybe like just it's it's like we've got this idea that with like uh, an op- it's also but uh, this is what I want to get to is that there's all these like incredibly dominant structures of society that are existing and like you know one time I like drew an image it was like of a big white town of like what I feel like the, the, of people talking about the left and the right I don't feel the left and right opposition exists anymore I feel that what there is is there's some big shiny white tower emerging like from a swamp and all the right wing people get to live in this Fabulous tower at the top, drinking like champagne and doing cocaine with like economic like privilege and like markets and stuff. And then at the bottom, there's just this fucking swamp of like molecules and frogs and snails and like slime. And that's just all. And it's also like it's a mind body distinction as well. And like we just like the simple like it's also that certain people have talked about this. Like you're seen as being biro of being trans. And saying on social media, I deserve to exist. You are constituted as an activist. Mm. Like, it's just ridiculous. It's like to even just say the simplest thing, you're just like, well, we've suddenly got very political. And it's just like, and it's this idea as well that you're, I think that just what I guess that what I'm just thinking about right now is just like the body politic. 
or sort of the body political and just how that one's one's body simply becomes this like political act and then that to even deal with that and then but once you've actually dealt with the simple act of having a body there's the whole other political realm after that and it's just yeah, but it's like, like speech and actions yeah and i think that is a thing speech and actions yeah uh is a thing that we'll we'll, we'll cover next week Speech that was a terrible segue. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a terrible wrap-up. Like, um, whatever. I think, like, segues are a really funny way to move your body around. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure uh, to speak with you, Izzing Gloop. I love a grumpy Olympia. It's been a pleasure to speak to you as well. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for uh, making it this far with us, dear listeners. We'll be back next week with another episode. Amazing theme. Yeah. Wait, didn't you, didn't you say... Uh, Oh uh, yeah, we're never going to make that podcast about boundaries because we realise the idea of doing like a queer podcast about boundaries is oh, the most yeah. annoying and awful idea in the world. So if any unbearable people out there were really looking forward to our podcast about boundaries, look in the mirror and reconsider. I feel like that just crossed a boundary for me. <laughs> no, I'm lying. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs>